I am a mythical Pandora, sent here to judge the universe. Do you have any idea what the weapon is? It could very well be a planet killer. I would really like to go on this mission, Admiral. Imagine having the power to annihilate entire worlds, and even the stars themselves. Humanity is worth saving. What have you done? Pandora. New episodes premiere October 4th, free next day, only on The CW app. New episodes of Pandora premiere every Sunday at 8 p.m. on The CW in the U.S., and you can watch it anytime on The CW app. Season 1 is now streaming for free on Amazon Prime. Welcome back to Unboxing Pandora, the podcast where we take a behind-the-scenes look into the hit CW show, Pandora. My name is Peter Holmstrom. I'm the writer's assistant on the show, and we'll be your host today as we do a podcast commentary for Episode 7 of Season 2. We're doing the final four episodes right here, and it's all condemned to this. Uh, today, I have two very special guests with me. They are the writers of this episode. Uh, first up, he's the returning champion to the show. He needs no introduction because I did not write one. Uh, Steve Krasier. Welcome back, Steve. Thanks for having me back. I didn't think I'd make it for the last four, but I'm glad I'm here. <laughs> I'm just going to keep dragging you back because I want to talk more about Knight Rider. That's, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, on the other end, we have a first-time guest on, at least on my season. He was on last season of Unboxing Pandora, but uh, first time I'm speaking with him. Uh, he's the co-writer of the episode as well as being a co-writer and co-director of the cult classic Tales from the Hood and Tales from the Hood 2 and the recently released Tales from the Hood 3. Uh, Darren Scott. Darren, welcome. Hey, thanks for having me, man. It's going to be fantastic. It's going Looking to be fantastic. forward to it. Um, Darren, of course, also wrote an uh, episode of season one as well, so he's returning for this episode of season two. Um, and I, I learned uh, that you know, if you want to be a better writer, co-write with someone better than you. <laughs> so here we are. Ah, always a great team. Up. Darren and I have worked together in the past. It's been a pleasure. Always worked very simpatico on a lot of stuff, and, and this was a great experience from initial concept to the final version, which you're all going to see. So Darren, I love you, man. Love you too, man. We always, we always do well together. Yes. Yeah, so, so Darren was Very also fun to work uh, with. Did last year is one of his, one of our most endearing and favorite characters guest stars last year. Thomas's father, Billy D from episode one Oh five written by Darren. Great job. So we were happy to have you back again. Thanks. This season. Here we are now to talk about episode seven. All right, let's get into it. So once again, to the listeners out there, we are watching an ad-free version of the show. So if you are watching at home on the CW app, uh, you will need to pause it every time an ad break comes up. Of course, you can also buy the episode on iTunes or Amazon, and we really do appreciate it. Um, so guys, uh, here we go. We're going to press play. When I do the countdown, I'll do a three, two, one countdown, and then we will press play together. You got it. All right. Got it. Toggled up. Okay. Three, two, one, and play. All right. Here comes the Bertha. So we are introduced here to a space trucker, space trucking, space truck, I guess, known as the Bertha. Yeah. Uh, Darren, Steve, the... which one of you guys came up with the idea to, to have a to have this episode be about a space trucker? 
I oh, think that, that was my initial, it was my initial concept. That's really all I had was like, we got to do a space trucker episode where a guy picks up a cargo that, you know, kind of gets him in trouble. That was basically the original idea, you know? Yeah. The design of the Bertha here is just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the VFX like, team did a great, this yeah. is, you know, the Bertha is pretty much a co-star of this episode. We wanted a ship that really stood out and was really memorable. So everything from everything on the outside is great. And this cockpit's really fun too. We started off there, you know, we cleared a bunch of comic book covers and Mark Altman was quick on those. Peter, thank you for that. And one of them we got You're was welcome. a 70s, 70s cover of uh, Black Lightning. Black so this Lightning. Is actually a, a crossover episode with uh, with another CW show. A little there bit. you go. So a bunch of the covers we used in the background and found all these weird things to put in the cockpit. Um, also, he's got those beads behind him, which we've seen in a lot of cabs throughout Europe and other parts of the world. Oh yeah, Those massage beads. So we had a lot of, had a lot of fun with this cockpit together with all these chashkis and weird, you know, collectible things. I want to see him do that Rubik's cube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. It's funny to see. You know, two hundred years in the future, there's still a lot of. Wow, uh, this is so cool. Every time, they, every time, every time, every time they show the ship, I I geek out. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so cool. So that picture from uh, the uh, photo strip, I've been trying to use somewhere in an episode since we used it last year, number 103, with Greg and Jack. So finally, we got a chance to use it here because coming off 206, we find out uh, the final destination for Greg and Jack's. Wasn't it the story, Steve, that the photo booth from season one was this insanely expensive prop to get (laughs) and it uh, ended up only being used in like one episode? I, th- I don't know how much it was to rent, you know, that I, th- I, I wasn't around when they were doing it, but it was always written in for that. And yeah. I, it originally was supposed to get destroyed, like during the fight scene with Lieutenant uh-huh. Collins and, uh, nice. and Raylan and Xander, like it was supposed to get ruined. But obviously that wasn't going to happen because it was a rental. <laughs> don't you think, think that was, piece of, oh, I'm sorry, sorry, go ahead. No, it was a rental. So we didn't use, uh, you know, we only use it the one episode. Mm-hmm. Good. What were you saying, Darren? Oh, I was uh, nothing. It was a design of a uh, lamp. It looked very Kirby-esque, the, uh, the, the design of it, but it's not on screen now. So. Oh, we're in Jackson. Jackson. Oh, I actually, yeah. I, don't know who, I don't know which episode it is, but there is a Kirby Royer system that's mentioned in the show, which is a reference oh. to Jack Kirby, Mike Royer, art team up from the 1970s. Right. Maybe our team. Uh, Little Easter eggs that no one will ever understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they listen to this podcast, they'll understand them. Here's Preon Control, interior, exterior. Great job again by visual effects. This yeah, guy, this Darren, the name, the name Dangor, what's that from? Is that just something you made up? Just made up. Just made up. This guy Dangor. is Mark Altman's probably favorite guest star we've had on the show. Simon Feek, who's playing Dangor. Just this guy's voice and his, uh, his accent is just spot on. It's perfect it. for this, you know, shipyard worker guy. Is it, is it original, like, or is he putting it on? He's, this is all original. This guy is nice. legit, you know. And this is, you know, Roland Bell plays, plays Roy. Um, he's from the UK, so he has a British accent, but he has an American one for this. He does a great job. It does a great and, job. You'd yeah. never know he was British. And this jumpsuit thing, you know, this was an idea we had when Costum was talking to us. We wanted to kind of give him a kind of, you know, throwback type of 50s, you know, gas, gas attendant mm-hmm. type guy. So that's He's even got his name 
on the on the thing, Roy. Yeah, it just, just makes him bring that, like you know, he needs yeah. his name on his <laughs> no. outfit. But Roland did a great job. He's actually been to Bulgaria before, which I thought was interesting. And is he um, stand up? Does he do stand up? He's like a music. He's does acting, and he's he was in a musical in the UK. And, and Ben Radcliffe was actually who plays Raylan was a big fan of his this, hmm. this musical called. Oh Memphis. really? Yeah. So oh, wow. You know, strangely enough, the character has some songs written in that we always had in the script, and we actually get a legitimate singer uh, to do the part. Yeah, and, he did a good um, job. Yeah, he, he, he was a play. It was a like you know West End production called Memphis, which you know a lot of people including Ben Radcliffe, were fans of. I'd never heard of him before. So, these guys, you know. And thus, that's the, the end of Dangor. Uh, but, you know, I think, you know, no, you never really know. That guy could come back. It's possible. You never know. He has a twin brother. He goes out in brutal fashion. You never know. So, Darren, you probably remember from our writer's room early on when we were kicking around storylines, this pregnancy story was something that we thought might be its own episode, but it yeah. ended up being, you know, the other story in this episode. Yeah, it's a or strong that. B story, that's for sure. It's, that's what we, you know, I wouldn't even, you know, some of the B stories are, there's enough going on that I think they're equal, you know, in terms of yeah. A content types of stories. So a lot of the chatter. The a and the here, double A. Exactly. A and double A, good way of putting it. Now, if you look, Oliver has his hand in his pocket here, his left hand. He, mm -hmm. after episode six, he had an accident in Sofia and fractured his wrist. So, had a cast on, and so we had to cover it with um, this flesh-colored type gauze. But like any other time, we try and limit the um, times you could see his left hand. So, for the rest of the season, we had to film with that. So, little thing to look out for. There he is with his hand kind of... Really? It was, a, it was an extra thing, you know, Buddy, Buddy had to, you know, if it's not hard enough to direct the show, we kind of had to, Max and Buddy had to work together to make sure his hands were out of, uh, his hand was out of sight. Let's talk a little bit about Buddy, the director here. He also did 206. Uh, he's someone uh, Mark Buddy and I wanted to, wanted to work with. Old. Last season, he wasn't available. Buddy's from the U.S. but lives in Berlin. And Darren, how do you, how do you know Buddy? I've known Buddy uh, for a lot of years now. And I forget which friend I met him through. Uh, but he's a great guy. Uh, before he moved uh, to Germany, uh, he was writing novels here. And he wrote these really dark, uh, intense drug story novels. And uh, he made one of them into a movie. Hmm with Kerry Washington and uh, a bunch of other people. I'm trying to remember the name of name of it, but it was really good. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's someone, he's someone Mark and I wanted oh, first season. We what? worked with him together. Oh yeah. Is the name of his novel? Yes. And, and his movie life is hot in Cracktown. <laughs> it does not sound like an episode of Pandora. No, which is it's interesting because he is a very versatile guy to do, you know, the Western one was before this, this yeah. was obviously the, an episode was heavy in comedy. Right. Still with a lot of heart, and, but he was really chomping at the bit to when the script was finished that he really wanted. He was really excited to do this one. He wanted to work with the actors really on this one and and a big guest star part. And he was really he's eager on all of them, but this one especially he was uh, hoping he would get lined up for. So it worked out. 
Yeah, he, he called did. Him, he did a great job. I mean, he he you know it was a tough schedule for everyone, and and Buddy was steered the ship and brought us home. You know, speaking of the ship, here we go. <laughs> Dauntless, following the Bertha. Although this is the Kubrick shuttle right here, not the Dauntless. Oh, sorry, the Kubrick. that's Kubrick. That's cool. Looking yeah. Out. Okay. Okay. Sorry about Very that. Very cool. I should know. We may see the Dauntless later, so keep an eye on it. So the Kubrick. So this is something we added in later. I think the mm-hmm. maybe the network this discussion a more. Yeah, like the, he's like recording a book on tape for himself. You know, he's sort of like giving the La Fontaine voice. Oh yeah, yeah. And narrating, narrating like a noir. You know, he's he's the lead of his own you know novel. Did he uh, ad-lib any of this stuff or uh, did it come to you or did you just uh, saw his There's a couple of things that he did. And changed. Yeah, this one was always in the script, I think, before we had him. There's a couple of things later that he, 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 was, he followed the script. A couple you know, things he may have added here and there. You know, I could, I'll talk about later and stuff like that. But he was, you know, he, this was a big part and he, he dove in and was – He's really good. The other, the, the other cast was really, they're like, we've done a lot of pretty heavy episodes and this one was a little fun. And um, the cast just really warmed up to him right away. The three guys were like, really liked working with them. Nice. And even, you know, Priscilla, who didn't have any scenes with him, was like, you know, on, on set watching it. He's like, I love this guy. You know, so like he was just, it was just a breath of fresh air for the whole cast and crew to have a character like this on the show. Bring him back in season three. Hey, who knows? Maybe Captain Roy gets his own spinoff show. <laughs> we may not have seen the last of them. Keep watching Pandora. That's right. I'm always so amazed. Uh, now, the motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. that was supposed to be a car before. Yeah, point, so right? last, last season, there was the, uh, Phil Roth, one of our producers who runs the stage, had a uh, white Ferrari. And I wrote into the episode that, that Roy has a white Ferrari in his cargo hold, but the, the car was not available. So we used one of their Harleys instead. So space-wise, it was better. And story point, it still works. And I told Mark, like, motorcycle, hey, yeah. whatever, whatever we got to change the script is whatever. But I go, the, motor, I go, the motorcycle stays in the picture because I liked what we were going to do with it. The kid stays in the picture and so does the motorcycle. And the motorcycle. The vintage Earth vehicle, or whatever Jet calls it. Uh oh, big reveal! Da, 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 da. So something on the show we always try and do is have these uh, big cliffhangers, and that's a great reveal. Clones. Clones. Yep. So yeah, when we were developing the story, we, it became clones was the cargo, not what you expect. And then an added bonus is we'll find out who one of the clones is. Spoiler alert, it's Xander's dead brother, which, you know, in, in first season, he's talked about the loss of his brother. And this oh, was yeah. just a great, in this, you know, I'm just glad it was, it's great that it was in this episode to have something like that. The double a powerful surprise. moment. It's, it's really, yeah, I agree. Jesse Badger is the actor who, plays his brother who actually read for young Osborne in episode 203. How did we he? Liked, we liked him, but we're like, wow, this guy looks 
like he could be Xander's brother. Yeah, so, he, 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 you guys cast him well. Yep. So we were, you know, we were like, okay, well, we have him down the road, so we'll use him for that episode. We cast someone else for, for young Osborne. But it was, you know, we do that a lot when we're looking at casting. We'll see other actors that are not right for that role, but we might use later on. Sure. So Jesse Badger came in and, you know, I think a lot of people were very excited to be working during pandemic because, you know, you know, these, it's just an unsure time. So everyone was really excited to, to be on a project, you know, especially with the fast turnaround we had to get the shows on the air. I'm, this one we were shooting, I think we shot this like the first week of September. I'm amazed that you guys were able to get this done. I mean, uh, in the time that you had, it's just, you know, you guys are experienced, but you did some real, uh, it's amazing. You know, real slick work getting Mark and getting Tom were working with done. Phil and, and, and Bufo to get things back up when we were trying to get started in the spring and we couldn't get going. And then I, I got to the truth. After we finished the script, I was like, I don't know if this is ever going to get shot, you know, which made me feel a little sad. And then, I heard you guys were going. Yeah. And then yeah. I'm like, I'm like, will they be able to, because at that point, almost nothing else was back up yet. I know. And, I mean, the best uh, thing we had was we had all the time to finish all the scripts, you know, which was, um, yeah. that was the reveal of Zion. Brother. We had all the scripts finished, which definitely helped when we hit the ground running and we knew we had to get these shows on in October, you know, right. to be able to be able to have the time to finish the scripts in advance was maybe the only benefit of, of a pandemic shutdown, mm -hmm. a temporary shutdown. So another straight shot of the birthday. Exactly. I think this was Roy's first day of working and this was all he did was stand in the background, but what he did was give a lot of great looks, you know, because I think what he, he learned something throughout his experience with, with our main characters, which I think is a good takeaway from the show is right. Pos positive interaction with guest characters from uh, from our mains a lot of this ties back to Raylan and Mata and Jet and what he what was revealed about him in episode 204 with his sister you know sure. all three of these guys have gone through super heavy losses probably Roland as well but this is Xander where he's seeing his brother again keeps that uh, information to himself for you know this whole scene almost to the end and uh, it just makes you think what is he thinking you know I like the chemistry between uh, the two actors uh, playing brothers I thought that, I thought they were strong. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. We may not we may not have seen the last of Zion either. It's a great emotional beat for Xander as well as he his essential season arc is that he's put into this position of authority. He's being asked to care about other people more than himself, and and now he's presented with an opportunity to regain a piece of his his soul basically that was lost years before, and that's exactly. a wonderful conflict. Yeah, yeah it's great. And, and so suddenly, this you know precious cargo literally becomes precious cargo. Mm -hmm. and the, the speech he has later uh, about his brother teaching him how to be a man that that was a you know that was a strong piece strong part 
Jax's Jax Jax's rate of pop. <laughs> Her pregnancy is definitely going fast here. It is going fast. It's going so fast that I half expect them to throw her down on the uh, table as the uh, xenomorph comes out. <laughs> <laughs> but then you wouldn't be able to finish the season. Probably not. No. Yeah, but Priscilla's great. Priscilla's, Priscilla's really solid. She's great in this episode. Yeah. She was brought a lot of uh, emotional depth to all the scenes. Shrawl is good all the time. He yeah, got awesome. to know Vikash a lot better this season because he was living in Sofia this year. He was in all, all the episodes, so he wasn't going back and forth in the UK. And he's just a great guy. He's just, I just had a great time with Fantastic. him. Very cool. Yeah, but Priscilla should be proud of this one. This is a, it's, these are tough things to pull off, this sort of yep. like rapid pregnancy. It's could come off really corny or goofy, but she, she's great in all the scenes. I think it's one of her best episodes. Because so much of uh, what's going on is internal. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, mm-hmm. She's not having, you know, yelling at somebody or having a conflict or something. It's all in, internal conflict. And she gets to show her acting chops uh, a lot doing that. That bicycle in the background with Xander and Zion. I do a lot of bike riding in Los Angeles, and I wanted to get a bike in Sofia to ride around. And they had one on the stage that wasn't put together yet. They put that one together, and the tires were super thin, not really safe to ride around Sofia, and the bike was extremely small. So it just sat around the stages, and I was like, you know what? Let's put it in the background of Roy's ship. Because I think it's kind of funny to be right. like thinking that he rides a bike around the ship because it's like so massive. He rides a bike around the hallways. <laughs> did you get another bike to ride? I never did. No. And if go back again, I'll, I'll, I'll plan accordingly to get a frame that's properly sized. But uh, Oliver did a great job with this scene. Oh, yeah. Trying to reconnect, okay. you know, trying his hardest to reconnect. It's just not working. And then the two guys yeah. are listening, and, and it's just, he did a great job with this. Yeah. I love this. I love this. And the two guys listening are finding out things they never knew. Exactly. You know? uh, mm-hmm. And they're, and they're, they're, being, they're crushed because he's like, it's, he's not, he's not, it's not his brother, you know? It, it, so it's like, it's sad. No. But they just, you know, they're letting Where's him do the it. Commander? So. <laughs> Where's the commander? Well, that, we got to pay off for that. <laughs> I have to shout out to you that in the background we see the cover for the Death of Superman comic, which on the day that we're recording here was actually the first day that it was published, coincidentally enough. So, uh, mm. shout out yeah, to Yeah, we that, have a Hellblazer cover. There was, a, I think, a Wonder Woman. There's also some artwork by my friend Eric Joyner, who does these Bots and Donuts retro paintings. We have a couple of his images in the cockpit because we want a couple of like, pinup type things that Roy puts in the cockpit along with the sure. license plates and the goofy stuff, Rubik's Cube, and the dog with the bobblehead. Tru- Trucker's got to have a bobblehead, dog. Trucker's oh. got to have the bobblehead. Got to do it. And there was, there was some dice hanging from the, uh, the, wind, uh, the windshield. This was a great room. I wish we used it more on the show, the campus lounge. Mo- campus lounge. Yeah. It's a great looking lounge. It, it feels very authentic to the college experience as well. Yeah, it definitely feels like a college cafeteria. More lounge. shots of the ship. Just it always looks good. 
you can't have too many shots of that ship as far as I'm concerned. More shots. Yeah. Another good scene between the guys, the relationship uh, after, definitely after 206 and what happened in 205 between mm-hmm. Xander and Raylan is a lot more close. On so, is how in the background you have his Zion, his brother, just sitting there with a blank face, and it's it's barely even visible, but it's just that little yeah. texture that just creates this unease yeah. to the scene. I like these cut-in shots, which are mm-hmm. used to show the flashbacks of uh, him and his brother. That's sort of like a Luke Skywalker type shot. <laughs> <laughs> Raylan's telling Xander, he's been down this road before you. You just don't go there, you know, because we saw in 204 with, with him bringing back Mata in the VR world. Yeah. This is sort of a similar version now with, with Xander. Yeah. Well, there's always something to think about, too, especially, and this is what makes science fiction so great, is, like, how will mortality, our perception of it, change as technology expands? And what sort of problems might that arise for people? So this was a long scene in the cockpit, but this is where the VFX really opens up the show, you know, to go out to all these shots yeah. of the ships and everything. I love the, 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 the pirate ships coming after him. Yes. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it was always part of the script, and it's easy to write that stuff sometimes, but it is tough to do the VFX work and make it, make it effective, and it's, they've done a great job this season. One unique thing. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to say one unique thing. The metallic surface of the Bertha has kind of like uh, uh, colors to it, like like uh, like oil on the surface of water. Mm-hmm. You know, when it gets that kind of light, and that makes it unique. I don't remember seeing a ship that looked like that before. There's a bunch of good those close shots as the ship moves by camera. And then, you know, obviously at the beginning, Joe, Joe Kramer, our composer, did that, you know, that song that kind of sets the tone of the episode, Space Trucking. Yeah. He did a good job with Johnny Comes Marching Home, too. That's kind of right. put a different flavor into it. You know, and some different lyrics. Yeah. So it was cool. What's funny is the UK actors aren't, they don't know the song, you know. Oh, that's right. So they're like, so what they're is this? Like, and so I had, to play, I had to play them some YouTube uh, ver- uh, videos of, you know, or recordings of this song, public domain song. Right. What's funny is when, when they were hearing it, when they were listening on the Kubrick to Royce, it was me off camera singing different versions of the song, trying to get them to crack, <laughs> trying to get them to crack up, about, you know. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Buddy asked me to do it, so I just was like, would do a different goofy version of it to try and get some different reactions out of them. I don't know if you remember this, Steve, but on another project we worked on, uh, you and I uh, faked faked a fight to to get uh, expressions off of a group of people. Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Directors use a lot. I mean, yeah, that's right. Darren's a, Darren is a director and has a unique style. And I definitely remember that. <laughs> Buddy does this funny thing with this, this click, this, which you can hear it on the production track, but none of them uh-huh. in the episode. He does this clicking sound to kind of let actors know certain, certain beats and moments, you know, like if there's like a warning light that goes, goes off, a warning signal, like he'll click. 
you know, or it's this funny sound he makes. And a lot of the crew kept trying to imitate him, but Buddy's was unique and it was his, that's his signature thing. It was pretty funny. That's cool. I'm going to tell Buddy I'm going to steal that. All right, on set. He's got these click thing, yeah. There's Zions in the background just staring stone-faced. I know. You wonder, is he spying? Is he listening? It's funny. Buddy did this one shot where, like, the ship goes up and, and – and uh, he has he has the actor Jesse Badger lean back, you know, to kind of show that the ship's moving. Right. It's kind of funny. It stayed in the stayed in the cut. It was kind of a, just a good ad. That's a great shot. Kind of stuff like that. So here's their clever way of uh, trying to fight back against the rebels with a ship with no um, weapons. Always, you know, the birth of ship was always supposed to be a not functioning well. Roy's a down, a down on his luck trucker. The ship needs repairs. Yeah. Um, was always supposed to be kind of that kind of rough and tumble guy, which he probably spent all his money on that motorcycle and didn't spend it on actually repairing his own ship. So <laughs> what these guys end up doing to his motorcycle is kind of funny. There's the Hellblazer cover on the wall. Oh, cool. Here's, I think, where Zion leans back in this chair. <laughs> I just love those ship designs. Because <laughs> Bertha is just this hulking giant ship that I yeah. think, you know, in the debris that gets ejected, the trash, somewhere the motorcycle's in there. I... Yeah. Crafty Apes continues to do a fantastic job. The way they're flying, they're definitely pulling some G's. No, uh, no doubt about it. So this gag was always part of the episode with Roy stealing the Kubrick. And coming, yeah. So, yeah, sort of a, yeah. You, you think Roy? He's sort of. A, he's, you know, we wanted to be. Able, we wanted to create this cowardly character who, you know, spoiler alert, redeems himself. Yeah. In a really cool way, you know. But right now, he's out of here. He's out of here. Like maybe other shows would have been like, "That's the end of it," you know. But we, like, yeah. Let's, Hopefully it was a nice surprise when he comes back. <laughs> we like redeeming people on Pandora. Some Not of them. The some of them, Not yeah, the for sure. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, Jet's storyline is totally a Redeemer storyline. I mean, I think a lot of the audience was surprised that he was coming back, and then I think they learned to like him, or hopefully they learned to like him, especially through his experiences with, with Raylan and, uh, and Xander yeah. when he leaves with them for Las Venus in 105, yeah. or 205. Uh, oh, look who's seen back. this guy before. We've seen this guy before. The courier <laughs> from 201. He's a good he's villain. actually Bay Tehran. He's a good villain. He was happy to come now, you back. Know, you know, I named uh, this particular villain after Turhan Bay, who was an uh, actor in classic Hollywood back in the 40s. He was an Indian actor. And then uh, you we usually play mysterious or villainous roles. And so Bater Hand. I just flipped the names. That's cool. And I know you came, it was originally Roy Scanlon, but I kept changing it to Scantron because I was like, <laughs> it's just, 
when in, in school we had to use these Scantron forms to fill out for multiple choice exams, I thought it was sort of a funny futuristic retro name. Yeah, right. Both. Well, you know what? We, we, named, uh, we named the character Tierney after the actress Jean Tierney, who was also in a lot of uh, classic film noirs. Hmm. Mark and I are big film noir nuts, and I guess, Steve, you like it too, but uh, Mark's I like it, but I think for, the, for this one, we were trying to go towards the more like uh, Big Trouble, Little China. Oh, yeah, 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 for yeah. Sure. That's <laughs> Obviously. I'm rambling on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's okay. That's what the podcasts are about. <laughs> you now, here's a good moment where Zion yeah, may, like, might be Bill Bateron, might kill Zion, wants to know why is this one so important. It's the head versus the heart kind of moment here. It's Zion is Xander's brother, but also Zion's just a clone. What will Xander choose? Uh oh. He does answer him. And we skipped the usual trope. Go ahead and shoot him. He, he means nothing to me. Yeah, Xander, exactly. does, Xander doesn't. <laughs> Xander doesn't exactly. do that because he doesn't take that chance. He wants to hear what Shawl has to say to Jax in the next scene. Once again, another good scene between Shawl and Jax. This is a really good scene because you know he's trying to. He's tiptoeing around her feelings here. Yes. You know, he knows how powerful the emotions she's feeling right now are. And really what he wants to do is just grab the baby and say, I, I got to yeah. take this. Yeah. But uh, I always thought that when he's saying they found another family for the baby, that it's him. He's just going to take oh, it. No, really. Oh, wow. and, they'll, they'll, and they'll keep an eye on it because yeah, who knows? You know, I don't know. You know, you know what, 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 who did they find? You know, but you know, Jax goes through a range of emotions here where at first she might not want to have the baby and then decides, you know, having the baby, she doesn't want to give it up so easily. Mm -hmm. So, Yeah, and I like, this is a nice moment when uh, he says, just don't fall in love with it. And she's like, it's too late. Telling her to follow the path, which is an ongoing theme for Jax. The obstacle is the path. Mm -hmm. Which at the end of the season... Vikash gave us all keychains with a puzzle piece that said the obstacle is the path. Very oh, nice. cool. Yeah, so I actually have one for you. He gave for the writing staff. He gave me a bunch of them. So whenever we're able to see each other in person again, you get one. Awesome. That'll be an end of pandemic treat. Exactly. Exactly. Meanwhile, back on the Bertha, we're back with Beitaran and Zion. Sanders still rocking the pocket. It's fantastic. Or a little framed out. <laughs> this, you know, Jesse Badger's a really tall guy. I mean, he was. He looks tall. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, he was a little concerned about his fighting. He's like, you know, when I, I don't want to look like a praying mantis, but you know, I think he did a great job with the stunts, but he was a little worried about looking awkward. <laughs> it's also the uh, added. Should have had him do the crane. <laughs> exactly. I think he was doing it just for just for kicks. 
but they put in some nice these moments where the connecting with the what Xana was saying earlier, which he, th he thought didn't work, was actually what saves everyone here. That whole hockey, ice hockey thing, sort of. Yeah. My dad, my dad taught my brothers and I how to ice skate mm. on a frozen section of uh, a field in Chicago when we were like four or five years old. Huh. And we all played hockey later. So I think when my parents watch this, hopefully they'll. <laughs> pick up on like oh that's say that cool. you put, put that, that in, in there put that in for us you know so we'll see that's nice <laughs> yeah the whole body check thing and so we'll you know we'll see boom so, yeah these are tough to coordinate a lot of people sure. and then the fighting and yeah. the laser blasts and it's just like these are you know we have limited time so we got to really be efficient on directing yeah. these types of things definitely now that was an improv. Jeff did that by himself. That flip on the, the somersault. We're like, whoa, oh, that was really? awesome. But he kept doing it. Yeah, and he, you know, in That's the script, cool. he was always in there. He slides the gun to Xander, but he was just supposed to pick it up. But he does this whole somersault thing, and he's very athletic. He's a dancer and he's a nimble guy, and he was just just did it. And we're like, keep going, keep doing it if you're fine with cool. it. Cool. Yeah. So now that they got all the clones, they're heading out. Will we see Zion again? Keep watching Pandora. We it's just a again. flesh wound. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a clone. He can come back, yeah. Can't lose him again. Another good shot here with the ships, rebel ships leaving the Bertha. Yes, this is gorgeous. Really cool. Yeah, doing this turn here. We had fun like yeah. we were mixing it, making this big sound when they're making the big turn in the ship. I mean, Xander's oh, yeah. used to flying like, you know, fighter ships and sure. nimble ships. This thing's like a big lug, you know. Big hulking. Which has no chance against these small ships, but they're going to try. This was an improv thing on the set. I was like, the ship's not supposed to be working, and Xander's like hitting the thing. And I'm like, it would be funny if he played back his book on tape and then yeah, erased it, which is what happened. Like, I'm yeah. like, watching the take, and I'm like, oh, that's fun. I, like, so on the set, I told Buddy, I go, yeah, they should play back his book on tape, and Xander hits the thing again, and it gets erased. So that's kind of a funny, funny. <laughs> bit that we just kind of made up. Oh, look who's back. This is definitely the Han Solo moment. Of <laughs> da, da, da. Never yeah. tell me the odds. Yeah, Darren, good pick on the uh, when Johnny comes marching home. That was we, we needed this public domain song for him to sing, and uh, there we go. That's the search for song. Now he's brought. Now we have the Dollars coming back, which we haven't seen in a while. So nice to see it again, right. briefly. Captain Fontana, who's now in command of the Dauntless after De Xander has gone off on his own. I mean, this is this is Jet those are doing cool. his, those, yeah. those zips to light speed. Yeah. Are cool. Yeah, and Jet on that like missed high five and kissing Xander. That's his. That's <laughs> that shade just doing his thing. Like he. That's fun. He's gets. He just. He's all the time kind of adding those little bits in, or it's just 
cracking everyone up or making making scenes even better. Like he's just fun. That kind of stuff that he does. Like that was all him. Makes it more likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think especially after the these, after these guys are together for a while, I think the audience will definitely start warming up to to Jet, which was always the plan. Yeah. Talking to the baby. Who's now named Bloom. So next episode, we're definitely going to find out more about Bloom. More about the One or pilots. two things. One or two things. One or two things, maybe. <laughs> couple, a couple of things. But Darren, yeah, you made up the name Bloom because why? Because she's growing fast. Yeah. That's not genius, but uh, it was fun. You could have named her Blossom, which might have been a... Strange one being that the first TV show I worked on was Blossom. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, cool. It's a production assistant on, on Blossom starring Mayim Bialik. Wow. wow. Crazy trivia. Yes. Uh-oh. Oh, Something's up with Zazzy. Oh. The eye opened. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that old, that, old, that old trick. I love that. More on the ship. You know, big trouble's coming. It's a nice scene. Roland does a nice job with the guys here. You know, the network wanted um, him to have a takeaway. So what we put in was, that, you know, he's learned from seeing Xander that he's going to go reconnect with his sister, who right. he hasn't spoken with in a long time, who's actually named Bertha. He named the ship after her. And uh, there is a connection with his sister later on in the season. So stay tuned. But when we wrote the original draft of the script, he just had a sister. Mm-hmm. We didn't know that she would actually appear in later episodes. But yeah. we, this is how things evolve when you're putting Absolutely. together a season. Well, again, because of the uh, COVID pandemic and the slowdown because of it, I think a lot of um, things that were would become in episode 9 or 10, you guys were able to go back and add little hints of them and shades of them earlier into earlier scripts, which was fantastic. Yeah, that's just one of the advantages of being able to finish the whole season before you start. Mm-hmm. Yep. One of these little ad lib things, it's not an ad lib he did, is like, you know, when he wants to shake Xander's hand at the beginning, Xander just blows him off, and now Xander extends his hand, and then Roland does this goofy handshake, which Oliver wasn't really even sure of, and it's just so goofy and funny. They're like, let's keep doing it. So they were just supposed to shake was, hands. I was looking, I'll watch it again. I thought it was the old black handshake, but it probably wasn't. Uh, yeah, they had yeah. a piece of it. They had a piece of it. I was like, 70s style. Yeah, they did some, you know, but when he first did it, like, Oliver wasn't prepared for it. It was pretty funny, so they just kept doing it. So kind of a physical improv. Funny thing. And Roy's motorcycle is gone. So that's the end of that. I'd, I'd wanted to keep that gag. <laughs> Whatever happened with the script, I wanted to keep that in. His, his audio book has been erased and his motorcycle's gone. He's just a lovable loser. But he still got Bertha. Still got Bertha. Made it through. Though he probably didn't get paid. Exactly. Uh, yeah, he got shafted on that. Yeah. Job, is, his job is a bust. Yeah. He might go to jail, but, you know. They leave him with no gas and... Nothing. No reward for saving them. No. Well, he had to make up for bailing out. 
beg for a job later. Here's the big cliffhanger. Oh, with, oh, 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 Bloom is missing. Where'd she go? Now what? Zazie, maybe dun, she knows. Dun, oh, Zazie's dun, gone. Where is the baby? So if this doesn't make, want to make you watch the next episode, I don't know what will. <laughs> then you don't care about babies. Yeah. And everybody cares about babies. We got to find out what happened to this one. Exactly. So a great cliffhanger. There it is. So a, a, a fun week. episode. I mean, Darren, it was. It's always great to team up with you. I'm a lot of fun working on with it. the way this turned out. Yeah, it the, came out really well. Cast and crew were having fun with this one. Buddy did a great job directing it. Um, VFX are top notch. The score is top great. Yeah, I was very pleased with everything. I mean, I, I always thought once the VFX got in there, it would elevate the episode. And sure enough, you know, with the sound and added in and the score. It's just a super solid episode. Yeah, it makes it feel really big. That's the magic of it all. <laughs> and with that, we'll wrap things up. I want to give a special thanks to writers Steve Krasier and Darren Scott for being here. Guys, yes, thank you thanks, so much. Everybody. This was awesome. Uh, listeners, if you like the podcast, please consider subscribing and giving us a nice five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. And if you like the episode itself, hop over to IMDb and give it a nice star rating. That would be really appreciate it. Um, and also remember, season one of Pandora is currently available for streaming on Amazon Prime in 4K. Uh, we have three episodes left in season two, guys, and I cannot wait until next week's episode in particular because it's one I co-wrote myself. So I very much hope you will check out that episode Sunday at 8 o'clock on CW, and I hope you will join us again next week for a brand new episode of Unboxing Pandora. <laughs>